If it's Monday, we are checking in with the team at Can Delta. We have a new face, both on the team, but also on the Ask the Experts. Narun, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jay. Uh, this is going to be exciting. We have a great question this week from Ask the Experts or for the Ask the Experts, and you're going to be the expert on it. But before mm -hmm. we do, I'm always interested in how people got into the sector. Um, talk a little bit about how you got to Can Delta because uh, we were chit-chatting before and um, we can almost blame or thank LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I went to U of T, did my undergrad in pharmacology and neuroscience, and then did my master's in pharmacology as well, um, specializing in cannabinoid research. Um, during the time uh, this summer, I had, you know, I reached out to call people networking. Um, I got in touch with um, Dario Candelta. And then, you know, that was like a random LinkedIn suggestion and that essentially worked out. And then I got in touch with him, you know, looked into opportunities and then found Candelta to be a, a really good fit for me. I love it. it. I love that. It all happened obviously amidst the pandemic. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's got a lot of compelling things to the story and you oh, add in yeah. the fact that, no, we love Dario and he's been on a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. um, no, Dario's great. Yeah. Yeah. And also the whole team. And I, I was saying also before we came on that I always look forward to these Monday sessions most partly because I think our audience gets a lot from it. I think the folks at Can Delta find it uh, compelling, but more than all that, uh, what's important to me is that I learned a lot. So um, it becomes a very good uh, monthly lesson, for, uh, weekly lesson for me as well. We have a good question today. You, you ready for it? Yep, hit me. Because uh, I think it's about to reshape the industry potentially. Uh, but so the question is, I heard recently about Health Canada's plan for cannabis health products. How and when will we see this happen? what would it look like That's okay a good question, or a series of yeah it's a yeah it's, it's a heavy question i think <laughs> um cannabis health products thps um so essentially last year health canada conducted a three-month public consultation on this um it was essentially a potential market for health products containing cannabis so chps and these would not require practitioner oversight right oh, and sorry. then yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. So then this consultation, as you may have heard, have you heard? Yeah. 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 But I, yeah. but I, I think it's getting within the context of like, um, what else is going on in the world? Um, the two year anniversary of legalization, right? Like the, the ramp up to retail, like it's, it's like, this is like really critical industry mm -hmm. shattering stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then this, so this consultation elicited about a thousand responses and just to put that number into context, you know, I believe, the public consultation that was that happened on the cannabis regs itself. So the entire cannabis regs was about 3000. So for CHPs to elicit just a, you know, a third of that is big in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so this summary report for that consultation was just released by Health Canada um, last month. And that includes mainly like qualitative analysis on the findings they had, you know, like some things like um, what kind of products people were interested in, what indications, um, you know, for animal use or and human use or both and things like that, you know what they found with like, um, what kind of reasons they would seek CHPs was for like indications like pain and inflammation, you know, like mental health, like anxiety, depression, and then like sleep aid as well was a top three, I believe. And then, you know, what kind of in what kind of uh, product formats we're interested in would be, you know, the oral ingestions, you know, the topicals, and creams and lotions. So, um, so before I get into the question, um, I think it'd be helpful to compare the current product categories that we have on the spectrum. Yeah. I think that'd be the best way because, you know, CHPs, you know, your non-medical, the medical, the prescription, it's all kind of confusing to be honest. So, you know, on one side, you do have your prescription drugs containing cannabis, 
Um, these are regulated under the, the Food and Drug and the Cannabis Act, right? And then on this side would be your um, cannabis products for non-medical and medical purposes, yeah. right? So the medical purposes would be the ones that are from federally licensed sellers. And then the non-medical are ones that you find at retail stores, you know, those are governed at the provincial level, right? Like retails. <clears throat> and then somewhere in between is where CHPs would lie. So now it becomes difficult, you know, where, where are the regs to draw from, right? You know, do they draw from the prescription side or do they draw from the, the medical, non-medical side, right? So we believe, you know, with parameters like labeling, ingredients, like health claims, uh, where they get legal oversight from, um, all these things, they're going to be a mixture of both as well as new regs that are added on into the, the landscape. Right, so in your opinion, like where did you, where would you think um, CHPs would mainly or heavily draw from? Which side? I mean, I know where I'd want them to draw from. I'd want them to draw from the the more rec mm -hmm. side. Although I think yeah. the important part is, I mean, the big the let's start from the most uh, industry shattering, right? If it could yeah. be draw from the sort of rec cannabis side, right, the, mm -hmm. the sort of retail side, mm -hmm. but also allow for it to not only be not authorized by uh, sort of practitioner. But actually to be on shelves and like Whole Foods or shoppers like that, whatever gets to that point, I'm in because I think that actually, well, well, two things. One, I think it's best for the consumer because it's clear that's, that's what they want and that's what they expect. What they um, and by the way, that's how they're using the cannabis now, right? I mean, so, mm -hmm. so why not give them better and more and safer options so they yeah, can get it? Through the illicit market or just from, you know, like un, uh, unregulated sources, right? So in my opinion, I do think, you know, much to your dismay, that <laughs> they'll be leaning more towards the prescription side. And this is particularly due to the need for authorized health claims based on evidence on these products. So just to explain back to this imaginary spectrum I have here. Um, so obviously the non-medical and medical products containing cannabis cannot make any health claims. Right. So even for medical purposes, you can't make health claims. You can only receive these um, through practitioner oversight in the form of like a prescription or you know that form they have the ACMR mm -hmm. um, and then on the prescription side of course you can make um, legalized or sorry authorized health claims su um, supported by evidence right and then in order for these um, these new CHPs to make um, health claims they need to have they need to be backed by evidence right so for that reason alone they're going to be drawing more from the prescription side at least in that respect but like you said, with access and where people can get them, um, those can be more towards the, the retail side or the, the non-medical medical side. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I bring up things like health claims and scientific evidence, there's a big point that gets brought up that like wasn't really talked about in the summary report of the consultation period. And I, this is definitely something that Health Canada is going to be considering now, you know, with the implementation of their scientific advisory committee. And, you know, like, um, so currently on the medic on the on the prescription side, those are really indicated for like rare forms of genetic epilepsy, you know, like chemotherapy induced nausea, um, AIDS reduced AIDS uh, AIDS related weight loss, mm -hmm. and then like essentially last line therapy. So access is automatically restricted, and then the indications are very rare, so that patients are very limited, right? But now, like you said, you're going to be opening these up to like a whole host of you know individuals from all types of um, backgrounds. Um, uh, demographics. And then, like I said earlier, you know, like these are indications that are very common for minor ailments, you know, like pain and inflammation, sleep aids, you know, GI problems, um, just trouble sleeping, depression, anxiety, and such. Mm -hmm. 
right? But none of these indications have actually been proven in studies yet. So it's actually quite difficult to demonstrate efficacy, particularly with respect to like something like pain, right? So like proving pain in a clinical study is quite difficult in and of itself because, you know, you have to show in a blind setting, you know, it's controlled with placebo that your, your drug is more efficacious than placebo when blinded. And that's quite something that's pretty difficult to do, right? So that's something that Health Canada has to put into place and in how to regulate and how to support these products. So, you know, when the time comes, you know, like people can actually, you know, like make claims based on the, the evidence that's shown in studies, right? Because no point making these too restricted and then, you know, there's nothing that reaches a label. Right, right, right. Right, as you can imagine. And then some other things to consider, you know, like if they're sold at retail stores, like you mentioned, you know, like just access as, as long as you're over the, the, the provincially set age limit, you know, like how are consumers going to be able to distinguish between, you know, the, the retail products versus the, the health products? Is there going to have to be a new excise stamp that's posted on these labeling? Right. So then, because I can think about it, because like right now, those, those products can't make any claims, but these products can make claims. So how would I be able to distinguish as a, as a, you know, uninformed consumer? Yeah. Wow. There is like, it's like every decision has this branch of other decisions. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, it's, and it's also gets down to, I mean, that's the way, uh, that's the way the cannabis has been thought of here in Canada for sure. And lots of other products too. Right. It's, we, we just only see the end product, not all the decisions that got into it. Right. Whether it's like a new higher dose of Tylenol gets on the sort of over the counter shelf or on the prescription shelf, like that has a whole series of things as well. Um, but it, it is, it, it does seem that this, not, not this has a different level of oversight, but there's more concern about this, right? Because it could, I mean, I guess the question is like, do you think, even if we get to sort of cannabis health products, we get through that process, would they only be available like in authorized cannabis retailers? Or could we, is there a path where we say, you know what, okay, topicals might be available in the topical aisle at shoppers. Right, exactly. But um, so there's a lot to consider with respect to this. Um, you know, like where they can be supplied, what kind of oversight they have, because like no practitioners, practitioners involved, right? And then, like I said, with the with the whole labeling and stamping, you know, like how are consumers going to be educated on these things? Right. So a lot of people have said that you know, like put these out in drugstores at pharmacies, where a pharmacy or a, a pharmacy assistant can help you with respect to like what kind of indications, how to use these products, when to use these products over other products. Because essentially, when someone chooses a product, they're essentially not using other products which means they might be missing out on the proper medication they need. So this is a concern as well for Health Canada to take into account. Um, and then, you know, like where, so if they're supplied at retail stores, would bud tenders be able to effectively deliver this kind of advice? Right. That's going to come with additional training, right? Because they would essentially be replacing the, the pharmacy assistant yeah. at that point. So that's like a whole nother thing to consider, right? And the other thing is that, you know, like, the Cannabis Act, you know, just Saturday was the, you know, the two-year, two-year point from, you know, the adult use market. So there's a big, it's a big milestone for Canada, but, you know, they started off with THC and CBD under the same roadmap of, right. of uh, regulation, right? And, you know, a lot of that was like troublesome to the, to the consumers that, you know, wanted CBD products. And this whole CHP, this whole CHP landscape is very geared towards CBD, at least with the, at least with the, that's what the consumer report indicates. Right, the the consumers want CBD products. They want it like they want it now, and they want increased access. They want safe, regulated products for CBD. Right, so now there's an opportunity for Health Canada to be able to you know delineate CBD as opposed to THC. 
right? Where they can say to me, you know, maybe CBD products are available, you know, at local drug stores on the shelves over the counter. Whereas if they have THC or it's a combination, then you can like more restricted through like retail or a pharmacy. Yeah. Right. So that's an opportunity in itself. Like, would you like, what do you think about that? Well, I think, I think one thing, I think there's a way you look at it from an industry now and say, yeah. that would be great because we could separate them. We could have a whole new suite of products. It's obviously products people want because they are buying them, whether they are legal or not, whether they're on exactly. the shelves or not, like they, they absolutely want those. That's like one way of looking at, it. I think it'd be great for the industry. Mm-hmm. On the other side of things, I think you look at like proper, you know, consumer packaged goods companies. And they would say, that is amazing because we could crush these, we, these cannabis companies. We know what yeah. we're doing, like yeah. to get things on shelves, the distribution, <clears throat> the process and the manufacturing, all those things, they're actually obviously quite good at. So I think it, it, on the one hand, it's probably great for the industry. On the other hand, it would welcome a whole bunch of new entrants that were CBD only beverages, gummies, like, you know, prop, not proper. I don't mean that, but like long established companies yeah. that could really ramp it up like tomorrow if they were given the authority. You know, just just because you mentioned that, you know, Amazon in the UK just announced, you've heard, right? Yeah. That they're going to be taking over the manufacturing and then supplying through vendors that want to sell their CBD products. It's so. like, a, I mean, it would be, it would not, it would be an important moment. It would mm-hmm. rock the industry to its core, I think. Mm-hmm. And it may make, you know, it, it would, it would just be another level of things people need to, to do uh, yeah. or, or to get over. But I also think you look at sort of what that would mean for hemp manufacturing, right? Like mm-hmm. it, would be, it would go through the roof and <clears throat> with the border still closed to hemp, like, like hemp production, hemp extraction, hemp uh, manufacturing. Like I think we'd see a lot of happy people in, in um, uh, throughout the country that, that want to yeah. farm hemp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think, you know, it would lead to a, a bonanza on the extraction side too, because it's, mm-hmm. you would need to increase the capacity dramatically, especially if you're separating them out and then how do you remediate that hemp? Like it's, there would be so many yeah. different things that would need to happen, but they, they are happening in other places. And I think mm-hmm. if we got it here, it would really open up a lot more opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a disclaimer for the, the viewers, you know, like in the UK, the, the CBD regulations are a lot less yeah. uh, restricted as they are here. You know, there they have their own um, regulations for CBD derived hemp, hemp derived from CBD. So CBD derived from hemp. <laughs> Well, it, yeah. right. I mean, that, I mean, if, even if we could get to that point here, that would be mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think, I mean, I think the point is, and I want to wrap it up, because I think this is going to be a conversation over the next bit. And that's actually is the question, like, what is the horizon? Like, what is next from Health Canada on this front? Things I think are moving slower than anybody would want based on, you know, the inability to get people together in real life. But like, what are you guys talking about internally at Can Delta as like a timeline that you're looking at from Health Canada? Yeah, so like now that the public consultation is over and then the summary report has been provided, right? Health Canada is now in the process of putting together this scientific advisory committee, right? Right Before the end of this year, they say, um, maybe early next year, but this committee will then go on to seek external scientific evidence that's gonna support the consideration of CHPs. And then the CHP standards in which they can set thresholds for things like you know safety, efficacy, and quality, right? Those are probably the three main pillars of this and then um, at the moment all we can do is speculate as to how health canada will approach these regulations and how they're gonna put these into place but you know like once these are in place you know can delta will have all the answers in with respect to like scientific and regulation compliance yeah i i just i mean all those things it just seems like we're not this is not going to be a this will be a 2021 deep dive from the sort of <laughs> science committee but a, oh, yeah. you know, maybe 2022 implementation i mean that's that's not what you said. That's what I think, just the way other mm-hmm. things have rolled out. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, I think, multi-year. 
um, you can say just just based on the fact that you know they're just putting together the advisory committee now, yeah. which is then going to do the digging into the external evidence that's out there. Yeah. And then, you know, allowing companies to start, you know, doing their own research and collecting their own evidence. So with licensing, um, something that we can help with, you know, overall, there's a lot of positives. You know, I, I know I've been mainly talking about, you know, the, the restrictions and troubles that this is going to cause, or at least something that Health Canada has to think about. But overall, there's a lot of positives with the implementation of CHPs, you know, like the increased access to safe and quality CHPs, you know, benefiting consumers that have like minor ailments that they can use these types of products for. You know, and essentially decreasing the stigma, you know, it's associated with cannabis products, yeah. increasing awareness and the education as well, you know, like increased and more access to a more regulated type of product is definitely something that's going to decrease that stigma as well, which is yeah. good moving forward. And I think I just, I, I just, I think it would be, it's important to underscore all the time that mm -hmm. it's not as if people aren't using these products for these reasons right now, right? Oh, right. Exactly. They're, they're just not doing it in a framework that is yeah. built out or, or even well yeah. thought out. It's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to either get an authorization to go to an LP and I'll mm -hmm. get my cannabis that I want to use for these types of reasons that way, or I'll just go to the store down the street and figure it out on my own, like, which is neither, which is not, which is not, which there needs to be some middle ground. It's how we get to that middle ground, but it's already happening now. So I just think it's important to point that out. Uh, yeah, people, then, you know, I think it's actually when you talk to bud tenders or sort of get sort of look at the research, people are coming and asking these exact questions. What mm -hmm. should I use for health? Yeah, and exactly. I'm at, you know, a Tokyo smoke, like, you know, there's just a disconnect between how people are using it, how Health Canada is thinking about it, and what is actually available to them in the sort of regulated framework. Right, and exactly that's exactly why these public consultations are very useful. So definitely, I think Health Canada is on the right track with you know to eliciting or soliciting you know like information from the general public. You know, whether they're consumers or industry, getting that information in to make decisions is very something that's very you know admirable of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and ultimately, this is going to reduce the burden on practitioners as well. Yeah. On top of, you know, increasing all the opportunities that we discussed for manufacturers or anyone looking to get in the supply chain, yeah. which is definitely something that Candelta can help with moving forward. So there's that. Absolutely. Very times. Very we're going to launch Jay's back rub cream. <laughs> my lower back. Or, or Jay, Jay's beard oil cream. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we are really beard talking. Oil. Yeah. Well, you, 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 got, you, you got it going on too. All yeah, right. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for your insight on uh, cannabis health products and what's going thank on you. at Health Canada. And we will connect with the team uh, next week. All right. Thanks for having me, Jay. Thanks. Bye.